When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Podcast on Fifth Ave. It's me, Jordan, with Taylor and Jenna, as always. And we're here to break down some Penguins news, highlights, and just fun stuff in general. So the Penguins played the Blackhawks last night, and eerily similar to Saturday against the Wild, it went to a shootout, and they looked very bad in the shootout. They just... they. Taylor, I know that you have some uh, fun Penguins shootout facts to share with us. So why don't you hit us with those so we can weep together? Yeah, I mean, so they're they're 0-3 in the shootout this season. Not ideal. But, um, I mean, part of it, it doesn't help that Crosby's out. Because Crosby has a 40% success rate in the shootout, like, throughout his career. Um, but, I mean, Gensel, he's, a, he is, he's another one of their top guys, too, you know, career-wise, 54.6%. He didn't score on his attempt against Chicago. That would have helped. Latang is another one of their, you know, typically top guys. He's at a 33.8%, you know, success rate throughout his career. He's been in all three shootouts, 0 for 3. But, I mean, the, mm-hmm. the, the biggest, like, the biggest issue is Jari. Um, Jari has faced 10 shots in the shootout. He has only stopped three of them. And it's hard to, you know, say what what exactly is going wrong because, you know, coming into this season, his career save percentage in the shootout um, was 700, which is really right above league average. What I looked into mm. for goaltenders in the shootout, I mean, he's down to 300 this season. Uh, so it's hard to, you know, say what what needs to happen. He because he just needs to be better. I mean, some of these guys need to yeah. be scoring too. They need Crosby back, but I mean. Jari needs to be better. I know some people are like, you know, put the Smith and Cold off the off the bench, but that's that's le- they can do that legally. That's not against the rules, but I I don't think that would, that's the option. They just need Jari to be better. Yeah, and because okay, yeah, great, you put the Smith and whatever, but he's not the number one guy. Jari's still the number one guy, and he needs to figure out what's going on and how to how to stop shots in the shootout. In the shootout, like it just. You, you got to have that be part of your game. Ideally, the Penguins wouldn't allow so many of these games to, to go to shootouts. I feel like there have been an abnormally high uh, amount of – there has been an abnormally high amount of shootouts for, so far this season. But – so I wasn't able to watch the game last night. Jenna, did you catch any of it? What were some of your takeaways from how the team played as a whole? Because – Obviously, Saturday night, they imploded at the in the third period and allowed Minnesota back in. But last night, Jeff Carter scored two goals to tie it up. So what what are some of the similarities? What what were some good things that you saw from the Penguins last night to make that last that final push? 
Well, a game like last night is exactly the type of game you need from Jeff Carter, right? Just mm-hmm. with everything. I feel like, I mean, the last couple of weeks, obviously the Penguins have been dealing with COVID on COVID, <coughs> on COVID to the point where, I mean, it's like, again, we've talked about who they're missing and the team that you could have with all the guys that are missing. Thankfully, we're seeing some updates kind of come through. Um, Ruedo and Pedersen, Taylor, they were back um, on what's on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, there'll be game time decisions reportedly for Thursday's game. Yeah, good. You're going to need that against the Florida Panthers. My goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is a game that you need from Jeff Carter where he kind of steps up and you're kind of seeing, I think what's been interesting that I've been noticing is he's starting to develop chemistry with Gensel that he kind of mm. really, really needs, which is huge. Granted, obviously when Crosby comes back, you'd like to assume that, Crosby and Gensel will be line mates once again, but that's the type of chemistry they need to develop in case something like this happens where you're Mm -hmm. without your captain, you're without your star center. You need that guy to step up. And that's exactly what Carter did. I thought the first goal that the two combined for where Gensel kind of like found um, Carter, where he got behind Seth Jones, that was beautiful. And that's Mm -hmm. exactly what he's capable of doing. So they needed a performance like that. Obviously, I mean, the Blackhawks with a different coach now, kind of a change in regime type thing. Um, I think before the game, uh, Todd Reardon, who's filling in for Mike Sullivan right now, basically said that in what they've kind of watched and what they kind of pre-scouted that Chicago's played a lot stingier on defense. Taylor, obviously yes. you were at the game. Is yeah. that something you kind of noticed with that, that they were a little bit stingier on defense? I mean, this clearly wasn't the same mentality or the same style of play that they had when the Penguins mm-hmm. saw them a couple weeks prior. Yeah, I mean, part of it was just that uh, they came out more energized, too. They had a better start. Uh, Carter said he noticed that, too, after the game, that uh, this team just seemed to have a lot more energy, more fight, you know, than they did the last time they saw them. But, yeah, more they were stingier defensively, especially on the PK. I mean, through those first two power plays the Penguins had, the Penguins were being outshot on the power play 2-1. to They ended up getting one in the third period where they did get a shot, so they finished uh, two two two-in shots on the power play, but again, that's still not good. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Chicago, yeah, their PK was really strong. Flurry was outstanding. Um, But yeah, I mean, Jeff Carter, it was funny. I mean, you mentioned like the the first goal, the one with Gensel, and it was beautiful. The setup from Gensel, it wasn't clear, like from watching it, what he was trying to do. Like, was he trying, because he he just spun around and threw it in that general direction was like was it supposed to be a shot was it supposed to be a pass and i asked carter after like were you anticipating that kind of setup from from gensel and he said we talked about the play you know before the drop before we went out there um and he said that was that was not what we were trying to do but i saw him you know spin around and throw it so i just tried to go to the net and get a stick on it so not planned that went up you know back of the net either way but uh, yeah, good to see from Jeff Carter. That did move him into the top 100 goal scorers in league history. Um, that was goal yeah. career goal 401, 402. And it feels like he hits a new milestone, like a significant milestone <laughs> once a week. Because yes. he just played game 1100, um, he scored, you know, 400 not that long ago in Florida. But it feels like every week we're asking Jeff Carter about like a, a significant milestone. I asked him what this one meant, you know, to move into the top 100. And he said, you know, it means I'm old. And if I played a lot of hockey, he's like, okay, fair. <laughs> but yeah, no, good to see from him. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because he doesn't seem to be slowing down 
at his age, 36, um, much like Avril Lavigne, not slowing down. Yeah, she's, yes. she just keeps going. However, like, apparently she's not Avril yeah, Lavigne. Unlike so. Avril Lavigne, they are not replacing Jeff Carter every couple of years with a body double. <laughs> with a clone of Jeff Carter. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's been, been excellent. Like, aging backwards here with him. I think that might be. Maybe. Exactly. That, it could be. But he, yeah, he looked good. I, I did see his goals. Uh, and I was at the game Saturday. But how how much of an impact is Mike Sullivan's absence on the bench having on this team? Because obviously you you want your head coach to be there. And is that something that is affecting the way that this team is playing throughout the course of the game? Yes, no, maybe. Eh. Jenna, would you would you say that? I think a little bit because I think, you know, obviously Reardon has been in this system for a while. Obviously he, you know, was in Washington for a little bit and then came back and he's worked so closely with Sullivan for so long. So obviously a lot of the key components of what the Penguins do kind of stay the same. But I think, you know, I don't want to equate it to like having a substitute teacher, but that's (laughs) a little sort of tiny bit of the feel that it Mm -hmm. has for me and maybe I'm totally entirely wrong with that so like don't that's just kind of what you see but like obviously with different people in that role things are going to change a little bit um I think if anything too they want to again next man up mentality kind of step up and say all right we're without him what are we going to do to prove that hey we're still Mm -hmm. a very solid team we can still play within our system we're still very good and capable of winning games closing out games things along those lines It's just wild to me. And I think it's like, like what, what's it going to be like when we see this team with what we thought this team was going to be from the start of the season, obviously before the Sid wrist surgery news, but Mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to see what this team can do when they're all there and when they're head coach there. I feel like we keep talking about that, but I think that's going to be the most fascinating part for me because it's just been so interchangeable and we're a month into the season now. Yeah, which is crazy. The fact that it, it just flew. Like, oh my god, it feels like they were just opening up the season in Tampa Bay, but now here we are a month in and I feel like we would all probably agree that they're they're doing pretty okay given this given the circumstances with the amount of guys who've gone through COVID protocol and the key injuries to guys like Sid and Gino, who's out for at least another month. Taylor, do we have any updates on him? Is he still December at the earliest? Yeah, they haven't uh, given a, an updated timeline, but he has been back on the ice for a while now. They they have him on a schedule where he's on the ice a couple of days a week, off the ice a couple of days a week. So that's good to, to see from him, but it still seems like um, – you know, another month. But yeah, they are last in the Metro division right now. Um, but the Metro division is very tight. Uh, so I don't know if you could say better than expected. Now, if these three points that they left on the table in the shootouts, if they had those, they would be in fourth place mm-hmm. um, with a game in hand uh, over the Capitals. So again, it comes back to the shootouts like we were talking about in the beginning, that they really just need mm-hmm. to be better. Um, I mean, obviously, would not be a concern in the playoffs because there are no playoffs but if the metro division is going to be there are no shootouts in the playoffs but if the metro division yeah. is going to be this tight you might not get to the playoffs if you keep yeah. leave, 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 you know leaving these points on the table especially right. now that it's going back to the old uh playoff format where it's not the top four in each division you know the wild cards are back mm-hmm. so you might have you know two atlantic teams in those wild card spots 
Yeah. Uh, because that is a very strong division too. So uh, yeah, all in all, you can't leave these, these points on the, on the table. No. Mm-hmm. And they're at such a premium too, obviously with the way that the division is right now, but it, it's just, you know, you, you, th- I guess looking at Saturday's game and uh, Tuesday's game to me are kind of two different because Saturday, obviously you blow the lead. You kind of give things up. You didn't need to go to overtime. Whereas Tuesday, really resilient performance. You're down to nothing. You find your way to come back. You force overtime, you make it to the shootout, but they just need like that one or two more, those little extra plays, which probably mm-hmm. the small minuscule perspective of things don't seem like a lot. But again, that can be the difference between fourth place and last place in the division. Yeah. Yep. I mean, their effort in the third period against um, Chicago mm-hmm. was great because oh, when yeah. they outshot them 20 to five, a uh, completely different team, you know, from the, the first two periods. But Right. Uh, yeah, just a shame that they couldn't finish it out in the shootout because mm-hmm. that, that effort in the third really was impressive. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we can kind of take a look at how the division is shaping up through one month. So let we'll be right back. And we're back have all pulled up the division standings on our phones. I don't think it's surprising to anybody that Carolina is doing really well. Obviously, they've been trending upward for the past several years, and Rod Brindamore is just a fantastic coach. Uh, The real shock, though, we were kind of talking about that in the break, is the New York Rangers second in the division. What's going on with that? They have 17 points. Is there any explanation for this? I, I like. I know that they also have been trending in the right direction. They've they've drafted really well. They've developed really well. They've made some really key off season moves and in season moves and signings to keep guys like Chris Kreider. Like, but I feel like I was expecting them to at least be another year or two away from being this level of competitive. So what? What are they doing right? Yeah, I mean, personally, I haven't I haven't watched a ton of the Rangers just because um, I mean the Penguins haven't played them yet. But yeah, uh, yeah, they have just you know a lot of young guys coming up. I mean, I, I, Adam Fox, obviously, um, Kaka, who are just taking that next step. They're goaltending, um, and then you know Panarin. They they just have mm-hmm. a lot of these key pieces that are finally starting to come together that they've been collecting over the years, but. Yeah, I mean, I would. They did make some off-season acquisitions, notably to get tougher, you know, with like Reeves and Jared mm-hmm. Tenority. I don't think that's why they are where they are. Um, Reeves, just from seeing like the videos of him, I don't know. It seems like he's a good, really good locker room presence for them. I, he has like a tradition, I guess. Now the way he like leads them onto the ice, like he screams like release us after like whoever like the, the goalie is in net and I guess it gets the guys hyped um all right I don't think that's why they're second the division right now but I, I think it's more of these young guys you know finally yeah. coming together and just taking the next step mm-hmm. yeah and you do wonder how long it'll be consistent like I think that was everybody's yeah. biggest question was like okay they're gonna be good they're gonna go on some stretches here you feel like you always see that in the NHL I feel like we always talk about the Sabres doing that it's like oh are the Sabres good they're winning a couple in a row and then it's, can they sustain that? Is this sustainable? I don't entirely know. I think mm-hmm. there's been a lot of surprises the first couple months. 
um, especially, you know, will the Rangers be able to kind of keep this momentum going will kind of be the biggest question for me. But Jordan, you touched on Carolina earlier. I mean, Mm -hmm. somebody like you got to hold on. You got to be able to catch them at least. I feel like they're just what are they? They're 10, 0 and 1, 11. Yeah, 10, 0, sorry, 10, 10 and 1. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's just I mean. It was one of those you kind of knew they were going to be at least a cup contender, at least a contender for the top of the division. And now you're just like, wow, they are playing really, mm-hmm. really, really good hockey. Freddie Anderson has been fantastic for them, too, which, you know, they totally shifted their goaltenders in the offseason. That was a big thing for them. But I mean, it is the Penguins and the Islanders are tied at the bottom. That to me is just like. I don't know if anybody would have said that at the beginning of the season. It's like, hey, you knew Carolina was going to be up top, but would you have said the Islanders and the Penguins Mm -hmm. would be tied at the bottom of the division right now? Yeah, I mean, I I thought the Islanders would have finished. Well, I mean, it's still very early. They still could, but you know, yeah, would be near the top just because they really didn't make a whole lot of changes. Obviously, they lost Eberle to Seattle, but they're also Mm -hmm. getting back Anders Lee this season. I mean, so that alone kind of offsets that. They're getting back their captain. I don't know. But I, to me, the su- most surprising thing is Columbus right now being tied for fourth. Yeah. I, they were su- yeah. like, were they not supposed to be tanking like for Shane Wright? <laughs> People are expecting Shane Wright to end up in Columbus. Um, and they're seven and three. Again, I don't. El- Elvis has been really good for them. Elvis Merzlikens. Mm-hmm. They have, uh, you know, Patrick Laine um, seemingly getting it together. Yegor Chinikov, who we've talked about before, the Columbus, they big-brained the, the first round of the, the draft. He was the guy that no one had heard of um, in Russia when, when they announced it and kind of sent like the TSN guys into a panic because they're shuffling through the papers. So, they're like, I think he plays right wing because um, Chinikov was projected to go in like the third or fourth round and Columbus took him in the first round. But uh, I guess mm. what's the, they know what they were doing because... He's playing well for them. So I don't know. That that's one where I'm like, is this really sustainable? Because I feel yeah. like Columbus is still gonna bottom out at some point because mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't rule out them getting Shane Wright, who's supposed to go number one in the draft, but yeah, that's no. surprising. I think mm-hmm. it's fun too, just because again, we get back into a normal schedule this year. So it's not just the same yeah. teams playing each other yep. eight times. As much fun as that was last year, it's like, all right, we do get to see other teams. We get to see Seattle. We get to see Vegas. You get to yeah. see Detroit and, you know, all mm-hmm. these teams versus, you know, let's play the same teams eight times again. <laughs> or like, oh like God, Florida, yeah. like they played Florida and that was like the, um, like first time they had seen Patrick Hornquist, and I'm like I feel like he's been gone yeah. longer than that. Right? Or like, or like Nick, or yep. Nick Bukestad. That was the first time they've played mm-hmm. Nick Bukestad since he was mm-hmm. traded too. When they when they played them, and I was like, I feel like Nick Bukestad's been gone for yeah. like three years. Like, just that's that's what the schedule's been like. But yeah, um, it's been super disorienting for sure. Crazy. In Florida, also, like I feel like we just have to talk about like the league as a whole a little bit. But like, my mm-hmm. God. Yeah, they're quick. Oh, my goodness, and overwhelming to play against. And that's who we play That's the yeah, Thursday, correct? Thursday. Yeah. It's the third game in a in a three-game road trip for them. The first one was against the Rangers in New York. The Rangers went up 4 nothing. The The Panthers did end up kind of battling back with three goals 
it, they didn't force overtime, but um, still interesting to see. But then, yeah, the next night they play New Jersey and they lose seven to three. Um, so I don't know what to expect to see from because the Panthers went into that game against New York undefeated in regulation. They were ten zero and one. Yeah. So and now they lose two real stingers to to Metro Division teams. I don't know yeah. what to expect to see from them when they come into. Mm-hmm. Um, Pittsburgh on Thursday. It should be interesting. You have to figure they're going to maybe have a little bit more energy after having these two bad losses. But um, and that game where they lost seven to three, Spencer Knight was in that. Like it wasn't. It wasn't even like Poprovsky, who's who's been kind of unpredictable. So yeah, yeah. Who knows what to expect? Yeah, this feels like, and maybe it's just me. This kind of feels like it has the makings of like a seven three game. The other. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just like I mean, you like you know how talented this team is, and mm-hmm. obviously the Penguins have talent. But again, you're still kind of working people back. We don't know if Ruedel and Pedersen will play, how they're going to be yeah. in terms of them playing. Obviously, they cleared the um, cardiac screening. What was that Tuesday? I don't even know. What yeah, Tuesday was the first day back on the ice. They okay. had their sc- cardiac screening, then skated with Ty Hennis. Well, no, Ty Hennis was on the trip, but they skated on their own in Cranberry. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah. yeah, so one full practice. I don't know. We saw, you know, with Aston Reese with his symptom that took him, you know, a couple practices to get back. Latang, who is a superhuman, just hey, had the one full practice, came back. It sounds like Ruedel and Pedersen, their symptoms were very mild. Pedersen said it felt like it's cold. Ruedel, he really just lost, I think, his taste and his smell. So it doesn't sound like Aston, because Aston Reese, it sounded like he was wiped out for, you know, several days. So, um, I guess thing. hopefully for them that this one practice is all they need. Um, they're going to skate Thursday morning um, and then they'll make a determination then whether or not they can get into the game. Yeah. Okay. The only other team that I definitely wanted to touch on league wide is of course Edmonton because they're sitting atop their division with Connor McDavid, just l- looking more and more superhuman every single day I don't I just I I can't say that I pay too close of attention to them because I don't really care about the Oilers (laughs) but the fact that they're nine and two right now uh and granted you know they're they're not in a division with a ton of really hefty talent but they're they are with Vegas and Calgary's doing really well I do do they look like a team that can sustain this level of success long term this season? Taylor, what do you think based on what you know of yeah. the Oilers? I mean, I think they'll win the division, but then I think they'll probably also be like a first, second round exit. But probably much like the Maple Leafs, you know, the Maple Leafs, they'll probably turn it around too. I just <laughs> don't know if they have the pieces to make a, a long mm-hmm. playoff run. They have, you know, the stars, but beyond that, the supporting cast is not that strong. Yeah, kind of weak. Yeah. yeah. It's tough because you obviously want to rest your laurels on McDavid and Dreisaitl, but how often and how frequently can you yeah. do that when you need uh, who, I forget who it was in net for Edmonton, but wasn't that the goal the other day where he basically shot it into his own net as he was trying to clear it? And I want to say it was Calgary or maybe I'm... Oh, I, maybe saw, I saw the highlight. I know you're talking about yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go, go look that up. I want to say, oh, this is going to drive me nuts. Well, the McDavid goal, the one that looked like he's playing a completely different sport than everyone else because of what he's <laughs> able to do. What, that was against New York. Where he just 
went through four guys like it's nothing it's like mcdavid and this the rangers or whoever that i think it was the rangers yeah are, they're in different leagues <laughs> yeah um, oh, yeah but no. again he yeah he can do that you know all regular season but does the team have the pieces to make a run mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now i don't know um, yeah, probably not cody cc though they got cody cc so <laughs> There, there is that. England's legend, Cody Cece. He's, yeah, he's the only piece you need, really. We're talking I'm about Connor McDavid. Cody Cece will single-handedly carry them to the cup. Watch. <laughs> you watch. Book it. Uh, <laughs> let's take another break. We'll be right back. And we are back once again with the updates that you really have been waiting for. Mustaches. Which first, <laughs> just just really quick, we were talking once again in the break. Mustaches are back. It's not just Jason Zucker and Brian Rust who are doing this mustache thing for the month of November. They're trendy again, and we don't know why. I, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Not a clue. I'm I'm very 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 confused, and I wish it would stop, but it won't. So I I guess we just have to find ways to cope. Because I am I the only one who is like, please make the mustaches stop. Well, that's like, remember Ricola came into training mm-hmm. camp with like a crazy one, and like I remember we're all looking at him like, what? Why did he do that? And I think I think that was the first question he got like when he spoke during training camp. Like, what's up with the mustache? I don't know. And anytime Ricola speaks with us with the media, it it's just a really weird experience because he's very low key. He's funny. But I don't know. It's just hard to get a read on him. Like he, he doesn't—he doesn't show many emotions. But he's like just uh, just to give people something to talk about. We're like, what? Like he—he he makes these jokes, but like he, it's just very matter of fact. Like he grew a mustache as a conversation starter. It doesn't make any sense. But <laughs> yeah, so we're seeing a lot for like November. But yeah. well, then I guess also mustache boy Dominic Simone and Casey DeSmith, current mustache boys for the next ten days. But. Um, <laughs> Also, just mustaches are back, so I guess it's not that bad to lose the mustache boy shootout because then you're just trendy. Yeah. I'm all for for the Movember because I feel like you see that a lot in the hockey world. I don't see it as much. I feel like it is very hockey-centric, maybe. I Mm -hmm. I don't see it in football. You know, honestly, we need, like, Movember across sports. Like, just, just, like, level the playing field. But it is really, really cool. We were kind of talking before um, with what – um, Brian Rust and Jason mm-hmm. Zucker are doing. Basically, they're kind of doing a little head-to-head competition for November. For Rust, it's really kind of close to his heart. His dad, mm-hmm. Steve, uh, overcame prostate cancer, so he wanted to get involved. Um, and then I guess uh, Zucker came to Rust and was like, you want to do something? Let's team up against each other. Let's raise some money. So they're kind of like, I mean, Taylor, you're actually, you're at practices and you're in the press conferences a little more. Um, you're seeing kind of these guys, like they're trying to woo their teammates. They're trying to be like, yo, like, yeah. I donate to my side of things. Yeah. Cause they're selling these t-shirts. It's kind of a competition who can sell the most shirts with the proceeds benefiting, you know, the, this kind of cancer research, but then, the loser in the t-shirt race also has to donate money. Right now I'm looking at it like Zucker is up to 253 shirts. 
Russ is at the 383, so it looks like Russ is going to win. But like we were saying, like, uh, Kapanen, Kapanen talk, and he's like, you know, they're trying to convince me to come to their side. And, like, we're seeing on the, the Penguins' social media, like, Jeff Carter posing in his Russ shirt in front of Russ <laughs> endorsing Brian Russ, this picture of Zucker shaking Rodriguez's <laughs> hand. Rodriguez looks very serious in this picture, like, endorsing Jason Zucker in the mustache race, so... Um, I don't know. It's I, I voted third party for Ricola, so I don't think uh, it's going to make a, much of a dent. But, but Why does that have, like, big Jason Zucker for town council vibes right there? It, it really does. I don't know. Oh I saw God. You make those shirts. I saw his, his <laughs> wife making fun of his mustache on, like, Twitter, Instagram, or something That's like awesome. that. Um, his wife is really funny. Carly uh, Zucker, if you look her up on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. I actually followed her on Twitter, like, before they even traded for him, just because she's so funny. And I she's remember, hilarious. Well, I remember but when they traded for him, his first game here, she tweeted something. She tweeted... Like, oh, off to, uh, she, I guess she had Brett Michaels tickets that night. And then she tweeted, like, off to Pittsburgh for the only man who could get me away from, you know, Brett Michaels, dot, 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 Sidney Crosby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember, like, when I introduced myself, like, to Zucker, I was like, hey, I love your wife's Twitter. I loved her tweet today. And he's like, what did she tweet? <laughs> like, I told him. He's like, he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, That's amazing. Yeah, she's really funny. But um, speaking of wives' Twitters, Jeff Carter's wife. I he so yeah the fruit yep. snacks finally arrived. She posted a picture. I can pull it up. Um, she posted alongside their dog for scale. No idea what kind of dog that is, but it was like three dogs worth of fruit snacks. <laughs> three dogs. <laughs> Based that's off a the, lot of fruit snacks. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's so funny. They sent him like a massive case of fruit snacks. Alongside this dog. Oh, I love it. So, you have a chance to use a dog for reference, for size reference? Do it. Yeah. She she said dog and pick for size reference. Again, don't know what kind of dog that is. Um, So, no frame of reference. Some kind of shih tzu or something? Yeah, I don't know. But hard to say. Good for for Jeff Carter. He gets those fruit snacks and then he goes on to to move into the top 100 goal scorers in NHL. Big week uh, for him. So, big week for Welch's. Like, look at them. My God, they are very well. There's a correlation. However, all of a sudden, Welch's (laughs) arrive. He surpasses, you know, the league's top 100. Just saying. It's a beautiful partnership. Yeah, I, I love it. But yeah, it's it's awesome what they're doing with the with that little mustache face off thing. That's that that sounded so so degrading. That little mustache thing that they're doing it's so adorable. The the way that they're raising money for for those causes is really incredible. And I think it's so cool when players get creative and have fun with it too, because that does it once again kind of opens the door for us to see their personalities. And I think that that is, is really awesome. Before we go, Taylor, can you just give us a quick update on the prospects, how they're looking uh, in, in the AHL, how, how guys are playing elsewhere across the Penguins organization? What's going on with all of those guys? Honestly, the biggest highlights uh, also elsewhere, not in Wilkes-Ferry, Wheeling, have been the two goalies over in Europe, Cali Klang and then um, Joel Blomquist. They're both in backup roles in their respective countries, uh, Klang in Sweden and, and Blomquist in Finland, but 
the games they've gotten in, they've done really well. Blomquist, he's been, he's, as of Wednesday, he's played in four games. He's only allowed two goals. He went like 134 minutes straight without allowing a single goal. Um, mm. Very good to see from him. But again, both of them, they're kind of behind more established um, veteran players in, in their teams. Um, both will be looking... So both made the World cha- world Junior rosters last year. Neither of them played. They were, they were backups or third goaltenders. Now, and they were under... Um, underaged for for that it's a u20 tournament they were Mm -hmm. they were 18 so accomplishment on its own to even make that tournament they will be looking to make the tournament as the starters this year the four nations tournament uh between czech republic finland sweden and russia i want to say gets underway in two days um and that's just kind of a a pre-tournament for the world juniors where these guys will look to fight for their spots and both Blomquist and Klang will be playing in those tournaments so it'll be interesting to see from them but in Wilkes-Barre so I don't know all leading up to this season I'm talking about Felix Herbert everyone needs to start following Felix Herbert I did like a one-on-one with one-on-one with him in development camp I still think like no one was taking it seriously like oh this little 5'8 guy HL contract he's currently leading the team in goals. Like he's tied for oh the team God, in yeah. goals. So awesome. Um, when we're recording, Wilkes-Barre is about to, about to play and uh, he got bumped up to the top line. He, he was playing Amazing. in a third line, fourth line role leading up to this. So limited minutes, still leading the team in goals with four in eight games. Uh, got bumped up to the top line now. So uh, who's surprised? Not me, probably everyone else. because <laughs> <laughs> didn't listen to me. Uh, Felix Rivera reminds me a lot of Max Talbot. Um, he's very feisty. Ooh. Little guy. He When he was on the fourth line, he's the one getting into the fights with, like, bigger – he's, like, actually gotten into fights a couple times now, and it's like he only fights guys that were, like, 6'2", and he's, again, 5'8". <laughs> oh, my and God. And I remember yeah. I asked about that at development camp, and I was like, you're only fighting guys, like, a lot bigger than you? And he's like, honestly, he's like, I don't look. He's like, if they, if I see them hit, like, one of our guys, I'm just I'm just in there. <laughs> like, wow. So, I don't know. I just love his his energy. J.D. Forrest, the head coach, calls him a water bug. Uh, very hard on pucks. He's the guy that – if they're uh, going for a six-on-five situation, pulling their goalie and you know trying to t- tie the game up, he's if he's not already on the ice, he's going to be that sixth guy coming mm. onto the ice. Um, and it's paid off wow. for them before. Where I think the first time they they had a six-on-five situation, they put him out there, and and he scored the the goal to uh, tie it. So um, and he's so he's tied for the team leading goals with Valtteri Pustinen. Uh, again, not very surprising. And again, another undersized guy. I think. Um, you know, he's coming from Finland. It's his first year over in uh, North America. I think there may be concerns about how he would adjust to the game, just, you know, physic- dealing with the physical side of the game because the mm-hmm. North American style is a lot more physical than Europe, and he is a smaller guy. He's very fast, very skilled, but, uh, you know, how is he going to adjust to that? He seems to be doing just fine. Uh, he's been one of their, their best forwards. He's also on the, the top line uh, down there. Uh, I know Sullivan said during the preseason, you know, they're concerned with maybe how he'd handle the defensive game. Um, just coming over, JD Forrest said he's been <laughs> he's been making progress every day with that. Um, hasn't really seemed like an issue. He's uh, making plays, breaking up passes from opponents. So, uh, and that's the kind of stuff they need. These because Pustin was mm-hmm. a seventh round pick. Robert undrafted on an AHL contract. They haven't had very many 
high draft picks. And so they need these guys yeah. to kind of come out of nowhere, really yeah. pay off. But good to see from them. Uh, honestly, Highlander, a little underwhelming, I'll say. Um, Poulain, Legre, I'm pretty sure when we're talking, they each have two goals. Um, they've been all right. Poulain uh, doesn't look that fast. Legre definitely does look fast. And I did talk to Legre the other day just about adjusting, and he said for him, the biggest thing coaching staff wants him to work on is just his play in the defensive zone, uh, mm-hmm. making smarter decisions. But uh, overall, JD Forrest seems really impressed with his game and Poulin's game too. But I don't know. Legre was so so funny. Like I, I like asking these guys going pro for the first time. Like just what's what is it like not living with billets anymore? Because you know billets, you know they'll cook for you. Maybe do your laundry if you're you know with a billet family that does that. Oh my um, goodness living on your own because sometimes the guys will be like I don't know how to do my laundry and, like, <laughs> like, and stuff like that but I asked Legre and he's like he's like oh it's great he, he, I guess he, he said he knows how he knows how to cook like his billets taught him how to cook but uh he said you know living on your own now he's like it's great he's like you can do whatever you want he's like him and his roommate same hood he's like we watch Netflix during dinner he's like you know normally if you pull your billets <laughs> You'll, you'll sit around the table like as a family and he's like but we watch netflix during dinner so then uh oh he's God. like um he's like he's like you can do whatever you want and he's like you can like if you want to stay two hours late after practice you can do that you can do whatever so like like his big uh you know living as a pro is just staying at the ring for a couple hours later than, than he needs to and then watching netflix uh after cooking dinner that's but, a party um, animal I, yeah i mean his work ethic jd forrest spoke really highly about legra his work ethic too how he's asking for video asking for questions really asking all those kinds of questions and I, like the the time i talked to him uh legra it was after practice and like i had to wait you know like a long time because he wasn't getting off the ice um so i don't know another maybe another teddy bluger because teddy bluger is always the last guy off the mm-hmm. ice um pio joseph is like that too when when he's up here i remember during uh, when he was up last season, a couple of times, you know, the Zamboni doors would open and Pio would go over and, like, negotiate with the Zamboni driver. Like, can I just get a couple more minutes? And then, like, a trainer or an equipment person would come out and be like, Pio, you got to get off the ice. <laughs> like, he's the only one out there well after everyone. So, um, I don't know, love to see that that kind of effort mm-hmm. from, from the young guys. But, yeah, Legre seems like he's another one of uh, that, that awesome. time. So. Um, and then Lindbergh, we, I have to mention uh, the goalie that they, you know, mm-hmm. as a as a free agent, uh, AHL goaltender of the month for the month of October. Awesome. Um, he went four zero in October. Crazy numbers. Um, he did get pulled right in his first start in November. It was not his fault. Four goals he let in. The one went off of a defenseman. The other three were power play goals that really he could not be faulted on because Dang. somehow Wilkes-Barre's PK left Providence wide open for all three goals. So Lindbergh, another uh, really great, really great start. So um, a lot of things to look forward to down in uh, Wilkes-Barre, Europe, wherever this year. Love that. That's super exciting. And yeah. uh, Felix Robert. Put him, yeah, put him everyone's on start face. listening to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> read my stories, listen to look up who this kid is. I feel like I'm still the only one talking about him. Because, um, you know, guys have come into the organization on AHL contracts before and earned mm-hmm. NHL contracts and become NHLers. Carter Rowney comes to mind. Casey yeah. DeSmith did it. Casey DeSmith came into the organization on an ECHL contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
started out as Wheeling's third goaltender for a couple of months. So uh, he didn't even play his first pro game until December. So these guys that come in kind of under the radar, they can become you know full-time NHL. Yeah. So Felix Robert, uh, probably next one to get a, uh, an NHL contract. If you ask me, he's definitely earned it. All right. Keep an eye on him. Uh, as always, everybody, uh, this has been, this has been awesome. Thanks for listening to another episode of podcast on fifth Ave. Make sure you're subscribed wherever it is you're listening and join us again next Thursday at 2 PM for another episode. We'll see you then.